0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: you're listening
2: to family feud part of the paris style podcast family they might not be brother and sister but they sure do fight like they are here's your hosts keely or and shotgun Spratling.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud Podcast. I'm your host, Keely, you're joined by Shotgun Sprattling and cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino. We're coming to you guys on a Tuesday. We had a scheduled change based on USC's practice schedule, uh, so we pulled an audible. We'll, we said, let's go into the studio and get the recording out of the way because we want to talk about USC's spring game, but before we do, uh, we got to talk about why USC canceled practice. Chris, you were the first one there. Uh, what was happening and what, what how did that come about?
0: Yeah, we usually just walk to the side of the uh, the Aquatic Center. Usually, we sign in, but today there was no other reporters. Just me walking down, and there was a USC spokesperson just chilling out front. They told me, "Hey, slight change or big change today? There will be no USC practice. Uh, if you want to hang around, there will be a statement being posted um, on social media." And waited around maybe eight minutes or so, and then we got an email, and then the official statement on their on their Twitter.
1: Yes. So the statement USC released said following today's verdict in the murder trial of George Floyd, our team has decided to postpone today's practice and instead discuss the racial injustices prevalent in our society and in our daily lives. While we realize there is much work that needs to be done, it is important not to push the conversation to a later date as our Los Angeles community has witnessed injustices for years. We will continue to work with our university and local communities to use our platform to promote positive change. The USC football team.
2: Yeah and then after that uh, uh, you know, just a little while ago Chris Steele tweeted it's bigger than ball here truly appreciate coach Helton and the staff for today and this is something that you've seen USC there's been a change you know in, in the culture around the football team that it's not just about football you know there's a, you know a greater Uh, sense of community around this program and I I think you you should applaud them for that that they're taking that time they're not going to cancel practice and not make it up they'll make up this practice but I think it's interesting and you know having talked with some of the players some of the white players you know when the everything started going on last summer you know they really learned a lot from their teammates going through zoom calls and stuff and discussing these type of things so you know this happened Right. It was kind of a last minute thing, it sounds like. So, you know, the fact that, you know, the media wasn't uh, notified in advance tells you that they probably, the players probably showed up in the locker room. The verdict came out probably around the same time. And they had a discussion and decided let's focus on this instead for today and let's get back to practice tomorrow. And that's one of the things about spring practice the fact that the schedule there's opening open dates in there you can do something like this. So I think you know if it helps build the team, build the bonds of the team. I think this is this is a great opportunity to not only build the players as men but also build the bonds of the team so that you can learn from your brother about what what they're going through, what what this meant to them, and what this trial has meant to them as well. So. I commend the the coaching staff for, for going this route and, and putting it together and they'll get back to practice probably tomorrow or, you know, they'll make up the practice at a later date.
1: Yeah. As you noted, shotgun, the statement specifically said postponed. So I assume this practice will be made up, but, um, obviously things are bigger than football, especially spring football. So, uh, we will stay tuned on that. Since the practice was canceled, we didn't see Thursday's practice. We probably won't see this Thursday's practice. So all we really have to go off of is USC spring game uh, that we saw this Saturday. So let's dive into our normal format. Stock up, stock down. shotty. start us off. Stock up who you got.
2: I'm going to start with Andrew Voorhees. You know, he got pushed out to left tackle because Casey Collier was unavailable, had gone home to to be with his sister when she was drafted number one overall in the WNBA draft. Congratulations to Charlie Collier there. Um, But because Casey Collier wasn't there, they needed another left tackle. They decided to bump out Andrew Vorhees, and he looked really good at the spot. Having rewatched the game on the broadcast, I noted it a lot more than I did, in, you know, necessarily in person. But you know, he held his own out there against the Drake Jacksons, against the Tuli Tuli Pelotos. Their pressure was not coming from his side. You know, it was coming from other areas. So maybe that's an option for USC going forward. Talked about mixing and matching. We haven't really seen it until the spring game, and then you know they kind of threw things in there, and it was kind of a hodgepodge of things because they drafted the players. So maybe now Andrew Voorhees is a guy that gets an opportunity at that left tackle position or the right tackle position. Maybe we see him you know, bump out to one of the tackle spots and see what he can do there now that Clay McGuire has seen what he can do in a spring game setting.
1: I thought it was interesting that that was one of the first things you noted on Tunnel Vision, like it stood out to you. And I think that's a fun product of the unique way that they form- formatted the spring game. Like, the fact that they're just going to jumble people around and be like, hey, oh, maybe Andrew Voorhees works. I just thought that was a good byproduct of what they did because other than that, it doesn't really make sense to mix up a group that you've had going all of spring camp,
2: you know? The, the offensive line was it was very unique. The way they had split it up, they drafted players. You can easily have done – I, I don't know that I've ever seen just a complete draft this way in a spring game now, I'm not covering a ton of spring games out there. We haven't even had a spring game out here in a long time, <laughs> so it, it, it's hard to say. But usually, if you're drafting, you know, even if you're drafting players at at some point, you start with drafting the offensive lines as a as a whole unit because of the way they need to work together. The communication is so important there. So a lot of times, you want to keep those groups together and have them work together in that type of environment. But with the fact that they are not really settled, even though they have four returning starters, they're not really settled in the offensive line, and I think that's a product of having a new offensive line coach. We've seen the same guys, but they keep talking about, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mix and match, we're gonna switch them up." We talked to Clay McGuire uh, on Tuesday morning; he said the same thing. You know, this last couple weeks of spring practice is going to be you know time for them to to mix and match with some different guys. So I don't think that they are settled with the guys that have been on that first team offensive line so far. So I think that. This was an extra opportunity to just show, see that, who works well with each other. You did see some pairings. You saw Andrew Voorhees alongside Justin Dedich. You saw Jalen McKenzie alongside Liam Jimmins. So those pairings, that communication, I think was, was good to have those, those guys you know paired up together um, on the outsides. And similarly with, with the second group uh, on the tackle guard situations, uh, because those are the guys you're communicating with the most. But you know, it would have been interesting to see how the offensive line would have done as a whole against that defensive front, because the defensive front on the day dominated. You know they were able to get a ton of pressure over and over and over, and a lot of times it was against some of the younger, uh, it was younger offensive linemen, and you know taking advantage of those guys being in there in the mix, and it wasn't against that older group. So it would have been interesting to see just that first team offensive line see if they could actually hold up, or if that would have told you. We need to make some changes on their first team offense
0: line. Sorry, I spaced out. <laughs> that happens for you. Yeah. Yeah. I was completely surprised that they split the units up. I mean, you pretty much just said everything, so I don't really need to say anything, but <laughs> I fully expected going in that they were going to keep the first line the same yeah. since, you know, it's important to work, keep working with the same guys and you wouldn't want to be playing with guys you haven't worked with before. Uh, that's what the actual practice is for. But do you think it could be also because of the, the – Drop off from first to second team unit. I mean, there's no secret. There was a big drop off between those two lines. Four returning starters on one, and you were out Casey Collier at left, so you would have been having Caden Steffens playing your left tackle with some your QBs. I mean, the QBs were under fire a lot on Saturday, so I guess it might have been even more if you had just kept it a straight second team unit line. So at least getting some veterans on a different line helped competitive balance, I guess.
2: A little bit more competitive balance. It is very interesting that, you know, and get your guys' thoughts on this, but the fact that you talk about mix and match, you talk about mix and match, we're going to mix and match, we're going to mix and match, and the first time you do it is in the spring game itself. Now, that's a partly a product of the spring game being right in the middle of the schedule rather than at the end of it, but it just seemed like a strange time to be like, yeah, now we're going to mix and match. Now's the perfect time for it.
1: If you're going to go in a game-like situation, you've been running with the same people. Why not just one more practice with that?
2: That's why I think it was depth. I mean, that, it, their depth is an issue there. Their, their quality of depth is an issue there. They have plenty of
0: bodies, but quality of depth is a concern for sure. That was just my, my thought. It wouldn't be fair if one guy got the first team line and then whoever was back there was running for their life every time with Tua <laughs> Tuapiloto, two two bowling over people, first-year first year centers like it was, like it was no issue.
2: Well, that's good. you could have easily split up, okay, well, one team gets the, the first team offensive line, one team gets the first team defensive line, same thing on the that's other side. That's what teams. I thought it was going to be. So you could have potentially done that um, and then flipped it on the other other side so that it's a little bit more equal. But you know, when you go true draft, you know you mix things up, and it was unique. I'll give them that, and it was unique, and it was an opportunity for some guys to step up. And I think Andrew Voorhees is one of those guys that definitely did.
0: Who's your first picks? On the team? Are we drafting? You have the first pick. Who's your first pick?
1: Insert NFL draft noise. <laughs> the pick is in. This is hard.
0: He's really thinking about it. He's like, Drake Jackson. Okay, yeah, that's probably would have been mine. In the in between, this can you add a one hour later thing? <laughs> uh, Drake London, maybe. Oh, huh? limited depths at, at the wide receiver <laughs> position. She was like, she didn't like that. She was like, and,
2: l- and look what he did. He had 145 yards or whatever it was. Two Drakes. Two Drakes. I think it's telling that none of us picked the quarterback though. You gotta protect your quarterback. We're
1: getting out of sync here because I have I have some stock. I draft. just
2: I just threw that out there. I just wanna see what you guys saying. We'll get to it. All right. keep keep it on going. Who you got?
1: Keep it on going. I'd stock up for Mike Jack. Michael Jackson, who we deemed Mike Jack. I like it better. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Clay Elton said after the game that one of the things he learned was that Mike Jack doesn't have to have two hands to catch the ball. He only needs one. Uh, we saw a nice play on the sideline towards our sideline shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a good view of that. And then the last play, really, of the game uh, was that fade to uh, to my Jack. Jackson Dart, the Jack-to-Jack combo. <laughs> yeah, not sure about that. He's also on my stock up. I knew that was going to happen. I knew that some freshman quarterback was going to do something, and then the P was going to do their thing. You sound
2: like there's 14 freshman quarterbacks. Some freshman quarterback out there.
1: It's one of them. <laughs> one, one of, of the them. five. Yeah. So I guess stuck up for the Jacks, Mike Jack, Jack. You can't Sendart, do that. Why didn't you just go Drake, Jack? Jack,
2: son. Why didn't you son. go just Jackson? They're
0: all three of those are Jacksons. Jackson.
1: <laughs> oh, I wanted to add in Drake London, but that doesn't work. <laughs> what if his middle it's name whole, is Jackson? It's a whole
0: wreck over there.
1: I it's know. Not, what is it? It's
2: not Jackson. I can tell you that. Drake Jackson London. That doesn't sound it's right. Drake Jackson London. <laughs> I also had Jackson Dart on my my stock up. Um, he takes a you know he had a nice performance, nothing gaudy there. You know, a good throw on that fade route to to Michael Jackson the third, also a good throw to Drake London on the left sideline. He also had a terrible interception uh, when he was rolling out on one, um, which a learning learning moment there. But he and Miller Moss both move up by virtue of Mohassan going down. So he gets a, a double bump there because he looked pretty good there, so he looked better than Miller Moss. He had a better offensive line in this game than Miller Moss, and with Mohassan going down, both those freshmen move up to being you know the leaders for the backup spot. Whereas I thought Mohassan up to that point probably was the guy that was the backup.
0: Yeah, speaking of that interception, you guys just threw so much out there. You did. Mike, Jack, that you, to you, the show. that you just shoehorned Jackson Dart, and then you stole my stock up over here. I hate <laughs> this. You guys are all sloppy today. Have some, have some backbone. Have some pride, you guys. Stop, stop grabbing everything. This isn't Hungry Hungry Hippos where you just grab whatever you want. There's rules. This is society. Stick to your lane. You started it. You jumped in. Yeah, I continued. That's called it's called going around the horn. You just skipped me. You just went back to him. Hey, you better jump in and get some. I'm over this podcast already. (laughs) Speaking of darts interception, it was the always terrible float force. You try to force Mm. it in with a floater, which is never (laughs) just never good. And then also you, he had three catches. Mike Jack. I hate that. I'm using it now. I don't like it. Michael (laughs) Jackson, the third. He also had that really nice route where he absolutely broke off. Josh Jackson, just with the, the, the wet feet, Put 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 him on some skates, uh, I don't know what the route was, but it was really nice. It's really good route running, which is, you know, something that goes into the Amon Ra-St. Brown comparison that we've used uh, going in here. And then I guess my stock up, I had injuries just because Mohassan done for the year, torn ACL on that left knee, left on the second series, his second series um, during an, a nine-yard run, non-contact, didn't look right, went to the bench, Miller Moss came in. But that is now the third season-ending injury USC has had in spring camp, tacked on with uh, Max Williams two weeks ago with his torn ACL. And then Clay Helton announced officially on Saturday that Brandon Peely tore his Achilles, which is always a really, really tough injury for a football player and athletes in general. Um, And if you were on the P, you knew about that one beforehand. We had that up on the site. Uh, So that's three devastating injuries right there and – uh, Gary Bryant Jr. also came out banged up with a hamstring injury. He did not finish out, only had one catch. And then Dorian Hewitt left at some point during that game. So a, lo- a lot of injuries on Saturday and a lot of injuries accumulated uh, for this whole camp in general. So stock up on injuries. An unfortunate stock up, but a stock up nonetheless.
2: Couple, A couple more you could add to that. Jaden Williams and Ethan Ray, neither one of those guys dressed for the game on Saturday Jaden Williams, I was interested to see him. I thought he could have a potential breakout performance there with some of the stuff we've been seeing in practice. So unfortunate not to see him there. And then Dorian Hewitt does return finally. You know, hasn't been in full pads, gets a pick and gets an interception on you know one of the early plays on Keaton Slovis. And then I think he got a hip injury um, on, on a play, just he came down, or maybe even a groin injury, something lower body just landed kind of wrong after a, um, a pass breakup and you know ended up leaving. So hopefully, he can get back healthy soon and get back. Unfortunate they have to have had three season ending injuries already that's the that's the risk you take when you you know you go full pads and you hit and you create this culture of physicality that's going to be something that you have to worry about and that's been the thing that USC that has worried USC so much in the past that they have strayed away from being physical consistently in practice
1: but here's the thing either you're physical in practice and thus I think your body's more prepared for it in games because we've seen USC have light practices and still get hurt all the time, like making bad tackling moves, you know, sticking an arm out. It, to me, I think you'd rather take the former rather than the latter.
2: I would agree with that. And you're gonna just gonna have injuries in football. It's a physical game. And to be fair, two of those
0: season and two of those season-ending injuries were non-contact. Yep,
2: and that yep. that's always a, a fear with the with the ACL. You see someone go down, no one hits them, and you're like, oh no, that can't be good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can't. We cannot confirm the Peely was non-contact, but it looked like he was in on a play and he got up from the bottom of a pile. I don't remember clearly. I just remember he was up down on the ground. So he, at the very well, least, he actually
2: Keely noted that he was limping a couple plays earlier than that on a long Mavaya malapaya touchdown run coming off the field. He was limping a little bit, and then he went back in the next drive, and that's when he was in the middle of a pile and you know ended up on the bottom and suddenly you know he needed help to get off. So unfortunate for him. You know he's a guy that. I thought needed to really step up and take over a role. And it's unfortunate that he suffers that injury. We'll see when he's able to come back, you know, how quickly and can come back from that. The Achilles injury is a very difficult one to come back from for athletes. Now the ACL used to be that way. ACL used to be, if you tore your ACL, you might, your career might be done. Um, the Achilles is still one of those injuries that it still takes a long time to recover from, even with the advances in medicine right now. So wish him the best on that road to recovery. Another injury that can be kind of devastating is back injuries, and we've seen some of those at USC. And one of the guys I had on stock up is a former back injury guy, Stephen Carr, I thought looked really good. You know, showing physicality, running with the ball, attacking a third down. He caught a ball in the flats and just ran over Josh Jackson at the basically at the line to gain that he needed to get to, ran through him to get to that first down, and it was about three extra yards after that contact there. So that was really impressive. But he also looked good running the ball. He's a guy that hasn't really done much so far this spring; hasn't really stood out. But in the spring game, when the lights came on, he was a guy that showed out and probably had the best day as a running back. So I thought he
0: his stock definitely moved up for me after this game. And if I remember correctly, that was a really nice catch. Yeah. It was like a little one-hander. Check it out it on my
1: highlights. You can yeah, see it. Yeah,
0: check it out on the highlights. So, And
2: and that's something that you, you don't even notice because when you make that type of catch and then you go and you're trying to get a first down, you know, you, you don't really think about, you know, the catch that a running back makes out of the backfield. But if the quarterbacks make it easier, on that makes it even easier for them to set up that next move. But he got inside a guy, ran through a guy. That was a, a really impressive play. But he also showed his ability to run between the tackles in the game. So I was impressed with him and think his stock definitely moved up.
1: He looked very comfortable. Like mm. it was just like it, it just felt like different from practice mode. Like you said, the lights kind of turned on in that sense. I had stock up for Keontae Ingram because. Last week, Chris debated me about this, but he didn't look like Vivai Maltei. (laughs) He looked like Keontae Ingram.
0: Are you kidding me? That, like, push-down stiff arm is like Vi's whole deal with them going at his legs and he's stepping over?
1: You're really staying stubborn on this? Yeah. No.
0: Okay,
2: well, he gave the stiff arm, but then he also outran someone down the sideline, which Vi doesn't usually do. And then he also cut back on his former Texas teammate and broke his ankles, too. Put him on scale. Well... Put him on skates, didn't really break his ankles. But that's something also that Vi doesn't really do in his running style either. So I would say the running styles are definitely different. Thank you. I don't agree. It's a
1: great episode when Shaken does my bidding for me.
2: <laughs> I don't ever do that.
1: You do. Uh, so stock up for Chianti. And I think that was something where we were trying to describe, like, this is what he can do. This is what we've, we've seen. And this is what we're projecting. And that was a play where it was like, there you go, fans. There, this is what we've seen in practice yeah,
2: and probably the highlight of the day. You know, maybe you can argue uh, one of those uh, one-handed catches by Michael Jackson or the you know Drake London going up for a catch or two. but I thought the Keontae Ingram, even though it wasn't a touchdown like some of those other ones were, was probably the highlight of the day because of how many different guys he made miss. And he turned what was a first and 25 a play earlier, I think it was like a second and 23, into a first down. The next play, Hassan with a beautiful drop, drop in the bucket pass to Brew McCoy up the left sideline for a touchdown, 25-yard touchdown. So you know you go from first and 25 to three plays later, you score a touchdown. So that was really impressive as well, the way they flipped the field with that play.
0: And you have no concern that he only averaged 2.9 yards per carry.
2: There's always concern with the fact that the running backs don't run the ball, but usually it's not on them. Just throwing it out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to make the Vi comparison. What did he run for? Uh, 30? 3.8 yards. 3.8 yards. And a tuggy. I better get in one of my hungry, hungry hippo balls because you guys are just <laughs> chewing up everything. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, Drake London... Look, ever heard we, of him? We left some some low-hanging fruit out there for you. Fruited up. Fruit <laughs> it up. Fruit of the loom for me. I got Drake London, the king of the loom. See how that works? That's that's called podcasting, my friend. <laughs> Learn to do it sometime. Uh, just dominated everything out there. Seven catches, I believe eight targets, 139 yards. Probably should have ended with a touchdown. Surprised he didn't have a touchdown, but he was doing everything, making catches all over the field. Guy has all American written all over it. We already knew all these things, so I don't really have much to add except that he was a beast on Saturday. Um, Yeah, that's it. Take it away. But it was the first
2: time we saw him be a beast on the outside, so I think that's an important thing to note there. Um, You know, the seven catches for 139 yards. You say, okay, we've seen that. We haven't necessarily seen it on the outside, going up and making catches. uh, You know, the the deep post route. We saw that. We saw the, the fade up the sideline as well. We saw him going up and over uh, de- defenders, which is not unusual. But on the sideline, you know, being able to work with the sideline, knowing where his feet are, all those type of things. Those are new to him, So, or at least refreshers to him since high school. So to see him do it, I think is definitely something we should note. But I want to leave you one, Chris. Nice low hanging How, for you.
0: how, oh, shotgun, how, how honorable of visual you. Bit. He's I'm bowing. bowing. I'm bowing. That's right. Sorry, too far? Yeah, too Too far. far. Okay. Okay, sorry.
1: Can I just note for the record that I don't think Drake is playing at 100% this spring? I think obviously we saw that injury or that little tweak thing happen last Tuesday, but I still think before that he was not 100%. I just feel like, you know when Amon Ross St. Brown had that um, hip issue, but he played through it and he just was kind of like stiff a little bit and had a little bit of a tight walk? That's what I see from Drake London, so I'm curious what's going on there because he doesn't look 100%.
0: I would agree with that. I don't think London has looked like it hasn't looked like all worldly at times. There's plays where he dominates, but there's some where it's like something seems off and I don't know what it is. And I would agree there's something there. Maybe it's just him getting used to the outside. I don't know. Or, yeah, he did get banged up a little bit. So that could be it. And you, like you said, he, a little bit earlier, looked like he was a little gimpy. So I don't know. But it hasn't always looked elite level like something is slightly off. I don't know what it is. So, yeah. I would agree with you there.
2: That would definitely make sense because
0: when, the, when it matters most, he still goes and makes plays. So, and it was a spring game, the Coliseum yeah. fans out there going to turn up. Yeah. yeah,
2: so that would make sense. And that might mean if, if that is indeed the case, which we don't know for sure, but if that is indeed the case, um, then you might see him shut down for the rest of the spring. Or at least limited uh, from that. So we'll see how they. I'm curious to see how they're going to approach these last two weeks and, and how exactly they they try to make the most of the fact that they have two two extra weeks after the spring game. After seeing what guys can do in atmosphere, in you know in the coliseum with some fans there, and that was stock up for me.
1: Stock up for me as well.
2: Atmosphere, just having fans in the in attendance and you know just being able to to hear people cheering. You know, cheering is just seems so unique right now. <laughs> right. Um, you know, when I was covering the the NCAA basketball tournament in Indianapolis, like the first time hearing people cheer and you know get really loud, even though it was a limited amount of fans, I was like, wait, what is this? This is so weird. It's the the anti artificial noise.
1: Actually hearing reactions, like true reactions to plays. I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> My final stock up is Tuli tui Pelotu. Thought he played well. Um and he was given credit by USC center Brett Neilon. On Tuesday morning when he was asked uh, who's a tough guy to go against uh, against the defense, he said he brings it every rep. Thule does. Uh, He has his motor is incredible, he said, which I'm kind of like making this a hurt it. I'm sorry. But uh, I had Thule, I think, for the last two weeks on my stock up. So this is just a, you know, Thule stock up. Just
0: stop disrespecting the own your own structure of your podcast. not Not just throwing (laughs) stuff out there.
1: I'm not disrespecting you
2: are. All right. Anyways, children. Um, my final stock up was Dajon Benton, um, he, another defensive lineman who I, I think stood out in the game on, on Saturday made some plays. There were several defensive linemen that made plays. Jay Toya made some as well, but Dejon Benton was a guy that, that caught my eye once again. And I think he's the guy that, with the injuries they've had in the middle of that defensive line, maybe he gets an opportunity with the athleticism that he has to keep working his way up the depth chart.
0: Who had him on stock up last week? Probably. You. Yeah, that was me.
2: And he's continued to grow.
0: Look, a sack sandwich needs a little Dijon. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I don't even like mustard, but get that spicy.
1: Moving on to stock neutral. I had USC spring game being a game. Because for one, I think fans enjoyed that they saw four quarters of football. But I think on an evaluation standpoint, stock down because it was the ninth practice of spring. It was a draft style spring game like that's how the rosters were composed so it's a it's a neutral in the sense that it was like a positive for usc fans to see a type of game but i feel like a lot of people wanted to draw big conclusions from the spring game i just don't think you can do that halfway through camp especially with the format that it was uh the rosters were situated in
2: never ever ever draw big conclusions from a spring game yes but the only big conclusion you ever draw from a spring game if someone has a seasoning injury they're not going to play the next in the season that's the only big conclusion you should draw ever
1: but here's the thing it's one thing to draw as a fan or whatever big conclusions from the spring game at the culmination of a spring camp but never but Ever. it's even worse when it's Ever. the ninth practice with a roster that was not even playing together. Feud.
0: feud, feud, Tell feud. me feud. about all the... I'm
1: agreeing with him. This is actually us agreeing. Tell
0: me... What? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it works around here. Yeah. <laughs> if I can say listen to the words, I can actually see you're <laughs> just fight agreeing. <laughs> that's what we do. Tell me how many
2: big receptions Victor Blackwell had after dominating in a spring game. He had like 150 yards and like three touchdowns in one spring game with Cody Kessler and Matt Wittig. And then he had like three catches the rest of his career.
1: Well, I'm glad you're 92 million nevers. I thought you were about to like strike the hammer on me. So <laughs> that's fine. That's We're good. We can move on to stock down.
2: I was lifting Thor's hammer up over here.
1: Chris Trevino.
2: You don't get to make that
1: <laughs>
0: joke. <laughs> you don't get to make that joke.
1: <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. You got to watch the movie, sir. I've watched the first two how, Thors.
0: How dare you? <laughs> Go back to watching Luke Cage season three. <laughs>
1: season
0: two. Episode six. whatever episode four
1: even farther than where he is shake my head chris trevino stock down who you got or what you got it can be a theme a topic this is
0: this is one i didn't really think about until after when i ran into shotgun i'm pointing the shotgun in the parking lot but katie nixon because a lot of hype going into adding him for this team but only had one target no catches they weren't doing punt returns, so we couldn't even see him really field any punts. Everything was fair caught from uh kickoffs to punt returns. Um so yeah, just did not see a lot of Katie Nixon on Saturday making any sort of play just outside of his one target, which I believe was picked off, no?
2: Yeah, with the, the nickname KD Superstar Nixon, you know, just expected we maybe we would have seen some more flashy plays by now, some things that really catch your eye, and we just haven't seen it so far. So, you know, that's something to, to keep an eye on, especially with the opportunity for reps right now with wide receivers. It's not like they're twelve deep and he's just getting a couple reps and still trying to find his find his way. He's getting plenty of opportunities and we're just not seeing any big big time plays right now.
0: And they lost Brian for a good portion of that game. So reps were there. And that's a good transition
2: into my stock down, Gary Bryant Jr. He's a guy that also, a lot of hype, a lot of positive talk about what he can be. We're still not seeing it. And part of it is the injuries are holding him back. You know, he's nicked up last year at the beginning, and this is where you, you get a little concerned about a smaller frame, smaller receiver, you know, the the pounding that they're going to take if they play that inside slot role. You know, you have to put on the muscle weight to be able to take those hits over the middle of the, the safeties. Um, and then... Unfortunate for him, he has a soft tissue issue um, with with pulling the hamstring on, on on Saturday. That you always worry about with speedy guys. You know the hamstrings are always a, a big concern there. So you never want to see a hamstring issue, hamstring tweak, because that can sap someone's speed really quickly. So stock down for Garrett Bryant because I don't know. Depending on the significant uh, the severity of the injury, I don't know when we'll see him back.
1: You already mentioned this, Chris, but just to continue on the injury stock downs, I had Mo Hassan on stock down, obviously. He was a guy who people have asked me like on shows or whatnot, like, oh, it's the two quarterbacks and Keen Slovis. And I'm like, well, Mo Hassan, like, is a legitimate quarterback in that sense. And I wanted to actually see more from him in the spring game. So it's just unfortunate that uh, he goes down with the ACL tear and we won't see him because we haven't really seen him at USC because of uh, leg injury. So unfortunate for him and stock down.
0: Yeah, it looked like he was... On his way to having a day, finished two for two with that nice touchdown to Brew McCoy, who made a really good play on that ball. Uh, two for two, 74 yards, showed off a little bit of his mobility with his legs. Unfortunately, he was injured running for a first down on a nine-yard gain. So, you know, if he had finished out the game, we might be talking about Mo Hassan having the best day of any quarterback on Saturday. So, you know, tragic how things can just flip like that. So,
1: Just building off of that, I had Keenan Slovis on stock down. I hate to admit it, but your constructive criticism shotgun made me think maybe I don't want to criticize some people sometimes. So I watched with open eyes and I was like, that's not what you want from Keen Slovis at this point. And so I had to put him on stock down. I just thought that like Chris alluded to, like I felt like it flowed better with Mohassan. He looked more confident. Now I know Slovis was playing behind a mixed O-line and snot great for him in that sense but i just think at this point i think you would want to see more from Keith lewis and that was not the day that he had
0: what'd you think of his day chris i thought i mean we did the top 10 performers and i don't think he was in anyone's like lists for being a top 10 performer i thought he did all right but mm-hmm. not enough to elicit me putting him on our top 10 or you know putting him in, even in the honorable mention He was probably just right on the cusp of that uh not a lot of big plays outside of that really nice, you know, forty-five yard completion to Drake London. That was probably his best play of the day. He was under some pressure a little bit. I didn't think he had like any like wobbly duck passes like we saw in twenty twenty. I thought the balls were fine. They just weren't where they needed to be a lot of the times. Like I don't know really what happened on that pick to Dorian Hewitt. It looked like it was just underthrown. Yeah, because uh, he was. It looked like London was still running. And then Dorian was just, like, he looked, Dor- Dorian looked like the receiver on that one and yeah. kind of broke off London as the DB. So I thought he just had a, a whatever day, a mad day, uh, probably more stock neutral if I had to pick one.
1: I but saying.
0: I didn't pick any. I'm not on anyone's side on this Come yet. On. <laughs> I do not get it official. I do not pick a side until I'm official member.
1: Well, this is why I I mentioned Shotgun's little comment from last week because I think I could have been like, oh, the offensive line. Oh, he's blah blah blah. You, could you have know, I, it. You could I, uh, I, I, yeah, I could have teed it, and I think I'm going. I, I think it's time to be like, there needs to be a little bit more. Yeah,
2: we need to start seeing the signs that he's ready to have that breakout year in this offense that we were talking about going into last year. Second year in the offense, we expected some big jumps. Obviously had the arm injury, the confidence issues. Where is that big jump? That's where we're looking for and we thought maybe we'll see it in spring. Maybe this, you know, the first opportunity to have that spring camp, you know, the the elongated time to actually work on stuff. Maybe that'll be it. But we haven't necessarily seen that yet. 8 of 12 with one interception. The interception was bad and and like Chris said, didn't don't really know what happened on that play. Just seemed like there was something was off on the play. It just seemed like he threw it to Dorian Hewitt. Now I don't know if he never saw him. It was basically a Tampa two drop coverage that they were playing because it was a third and twelve or third and fifteen or something. So this is the type of drop coverages you're gonna see. You know you have to be able to recognize those underneath defenders as well. And he saw Drake lennon go by Dorian Hewitt, and I don't know exactly you know, what he saw after that to where he threw it, where he did uh, uh, to, to Dorian Hewitt to make a play there. Um, but 128 yards on 12 passes is not bad at all. You know, the big one over the middle to, to Drake London. There was a couple of, there was one nice rollout that I remember where, you know, it was play action. So they caught Raylan Goforth in no man's land. He got caught going back and forth, basically. That gave Keaton Slovis time to roll it out, and he hit Drake London on the sideline. So there was a couple nice throws in there, nice plays. But again, you know, you can't have the bad interception in there too. You know, this is you know, as a third year quarterback, as a third year starter, you've got to be able to eliminate those type of throws. Mixed bag, yeah.
1: And I think too, you noted in the podcast last week is like he's a gamer. Like that's something where maybe he'd turn it on for the lights of the spring game fans, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of think I was expecting something like Stephen Carr, where I mentioned, like, he looked kind of comfortable and, like, this is, okay, it's it's game time. I just didn't feel that from Slovis, and I don't know if that's me over-reading things, but I just, it didn't have that je ne sais quoi that I think I was expecting from USC's third-year quarterback.
0: Do I have to use a fancy word? He's done nomenclature. You said je ne sais quoi. I don't. I don't got nothing. A little more French. Mm-hmm. My last stock down is the
2: second-tier offensive lineman. Now, I don't say second-string partly because of the mixing and matching, but I also don't say it because I think there's a direct drop-off after seven to eight. You know, If you want to throw Casey Collier in there or not, that's the, the big question. And the thing is, he's got a ton of potential, but then you hear Clay McGuire talking about today and saying, hey, he's having trouble with the terminology and figuring that out. So it makes you think, hey, he's got a ways to go. So he's not actually going to be in that – first group mix um, from the way it sounded there. And the fact that he misses the spring game is going to take a little bit of time. He's not going to be back at practice, which, you know, today's practice being um, postponed may actually help him out there, get him an extra practice in. But so if you're at seven, so that includes Justin Didich, Jonah Monheim, and the four starters, I mean the five starters, excuse me. Uh, so that's the group that played last year. The the ones that have actually had any experience, there's a huge drop-off after that, though. And I think that the, those second-tier offensive linemen, the guys that are on the second unit, had a chance to jump up. Jason Rodriguez, Gino Quinones, those type of guys that are in there. Even Andrew Milik, who has, you know we've heard some positive things about him this spring, had an opportunity to jump forward and catch your eye. In this uh, in this type of situation, and the fact that they were playing beside some different guys, so maybe you know that helps you out a little bit when you're playing beside a starter. But didn't see that at all. I, I think that the, the gap just it just showed how wide the gap is between those guys that the offensive coaches can trust and the guys that they would
0: be really worried about if they were thrown in the game right now. And that's Clay McGuire's specialty is development. So hopefully, you know, I don't think he's going to get all of them to a point where they can play. But I'm um, if you Get, like, two guys. I think that's a huge win. It Get two guys a- ready to play in 2021. No, no, it's okay.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. Uh, it stood out to me in his uh, media availability this or this morning about... The way he talked about players was a lot about, like, he can get to here. There's a lot of growth. Like, instead of the Clay Helton, like, he's great and we love him. Like, it it could tell that he was in the evaluating mind and, like, he could see the projection, but there needs to be work to go. And I I don't know why it seemed like an encouraging sign that he had, like, kind of – he's sculpting that, if you will.
0: He probably has benchmarks that he knows these guys can hit for, you know, year one. I mean, he doesn't expect Quinones to be able to start – if something happens, I think he wants to get him to a part where he could be a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, or Jonah, Jonah's the benchmark. It's probably you know this guy. I need to get him ready to possibly start a right tackle if we need him going right tackle because he's going to be the backup. He's going to be on the two deep. I need him to be at a place where hey, if something happens, we can plug him in at guard or at or at tackle.
1: It felt like he had realistic expectations of of growth, and that feels like a wazoo thing to me, where that's where he was able to do more with less with their type of recruits.
0: Good note. Thanks. I've been rough on you this pod, but I just want to say good note.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Chris.
0: I just had one last one, and it's tight ends.
1: One last one. <laughs>
0: Like, I don't know what I was doing doing there. Like, Like I I was doing a Vegas show. One (laughs) last trick for the audience, (laughs) and it's the tight ends. (laughs) I will make them disappear all spring, especially the spring game. Yeah, only one scholarship tight end caught a pass, and it was Lake Lake McCree, McCree, two for seven. And I will say that that pass he caught from Jackson Dart, nice little went up and got it, like a little basketball player getting a rebound. So that was a nice catch. But no Josh Fallow. No Eric Cromenhoek. The he only did
1: play, though. Yeah, the, full pads. Yes,
0: it should be noted that Joss Fellow did play, so stock up on him playing. On him returning to full pads
2: after we were very concerned early in the camp.
0: But I believe they only got one target, and the only moment I saw of Cromenhoek was Tule Tupelo absolutely just pushing him, using him as a obstacle and throwing him into the path of Miller Moss on a, on a rollout. <laughs> Nice play by Moss,
2: keeping his yeah, eyes downfield it, it, while nice also, play. you
0: know, leaping over a def- uh, not a
2: defender, leaping over his own guy <laughs> in his way, uh, and throwing the ball. And that wasn't able
0: to complete it, but did
2: I think it hit off the receiver? It was at incomplete the, at the sideline. But
0: that would absolutely terrify me if I see my lead blocker is <laughs> on my feet. And I'm like, oh god, what is happening?
2: I think part of the issue with that play is that if Chrome Hook is a receiving target, then he needs to be a couple of yards down the field, or Moss has to learn to roll deeper. That's a teachable play for sure. Um, When something like that happens, usually there's something going like,
0: something's wrong here. We need to teach up something on it. Do you think EK yelled anything? He's coming. (laughs) Jump. (laughs) Jump, laddie. I don't know why I did a Scottish He's suddenly
1: Irish? Scottish? I had one final talk down, and it was picking up safety blitzes. I felt like going through my footage, that was where a lot of uh, the big plays came from the, from the defense that I was putting into my clips, um, and also just honorable mention the Drake Jackson batted ball, Keenan Slovis one. He was on the right side, came all the way around when Slovis rolled out and met him there. It was just unreal. Like he his athleticism is just unreal
2: the closing speed on that one was very impressive because he was actually lined up against Andrew Voorhees. Yeah. There was a little bit of a twist game um, with the the defensive tackle there. And then he sees the right side of the line had been pushed back a little bit more. And that's why Keaton Slowis tried to roll out. And Drake Jackson completely read that, read that the quarterback wasn't going to come back his way and took off. And he showed some, some, Good uh, sprint ability there, too, mm-hmm. which is what you want. Closing ability to go get a quarterback. And that's one that he bats that one down. You know, Eventually, at some point in the season, he'll catch that pass and probably take it to the house, or the quarterback will have to catch him. Um, or the quarterback just knows, I've got no chance here, and just goes down to the ground takes the sack.
1: And I feel like that speed is enc- encouraging, considering that people were questioning him losing weight and then the hamstring issue that's what you see if you drop weight and you're able to use that athleticism to your benefit so that's a positive sign that we saw that well now it's time for chris's favorite segment chris i heard you have one lined up ready to go for her on sideline
0: she's setting me up hard on this because i do not i already <laughs> I better used start it. thinking of one then yeah I don't
1: shotgun let's go to you first
0: start with
2: me <laughs> let's start with uh, instant analysis on saturday <laughs> Well, we're going to call it, heard it on the instance distractions. There was so much going on around the Coliseum on Saturday. I was
1: losing my mind.
2: Keely was losing her mind. It
1: was one of those things where, like, there was so much noise that the stress level just goes up because you can't hear yourself think. It was ridiculous.
2: See, Keely was walking to the free throw line and hearing the entire crowd. I walked up the free throw line. and It was just a small din, you know, just a small
0: tingling in my ear. I was ready to go. Just you. It was just you. She wasn't just even me, there. Yeah. Just you and the you and the camera and the, me mic. And the camera. How ready did to this go.
1: Turn into an insult. Why? <laughs> <laughs> we
0: had a
2: helicopter that was hovering over the LaFC game was going on. We tried to shoot in front of the peristyle to give a nice backdrop, and because we were getting kicked out of the Coliseum, uh, so we tried to go in front of the peristyle. The LAFC crowd, LAFC, congratulations to them on their win on opening day. But they were going kind of crazy, so we could hear them in the background. We had vendors going around with small carts and bells, and just you know some family gathering on the lawns in front of the the Coliseum to but enjoy the
1: helicopter the, was low too.
2: Enjoy the beautiful day, and it, it was you know there's a lot of noise going on, <laughs> a lot of people randomly coming by. We made the most of it as, as we could, but. That was definitely something I'm going to take you guys behind the scenes on that one. That was a, an interesting instant analysis because of how much was actually going on around us, and because of COVID protocols, we kind of get ushered out of the stadium pretty quickly these days.
1: Well, speaking of which, <laughs> one of my herdits was shotgun, and I were you were taking photos allegedly, and I was taking wow, <laughs> and I was taking video highlights, and everyone else is in the press box for the presser. And so all of the photographers, they're not also, like, working media. So they just, like, pack up and leave. And so the security guard was expecting us to do the same thing. But Shotgun and I were like, well, we got to hear this. We got to, like, do instant. We got to know what Clay says. And so we're in a tunnel trying to hear Clay. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, Shotgun. You listen to the presser. One of us will. I'll negotiate with the security guard and like I'm like slowly trying to pack up Shotgun's things and like misplacing them, then putting them back <laughs> in. It was uh, it was rough. And then like hearing because we ha- we pulled out the headphones, so Clay was just like echoing in the Coliseum tunnel. It felt very like sports movie <laughs> like <laughs> essence. I don't know. It was it was interesting. Je sais quoi. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely interesting. The uh my Wi fi went out at, at that time, so I couldn't get it to come up on my computer, so I had two computers working trying to listen to to Clay while Keeley's running interference on security to to be able so we could hear it all and then what we went through outside the stadium it was all to bring you guys instant analysis Chris
0: I got nothing. It's gonna be interesting to listen on the podcast to see if they cut it out or you're gonna listen to shotgun berate me and you leave it in, because I got nothing so. <laughs> Either move on to questions or skill up. You can start using your brain. I use all my my I use my brain for <laughs> fake, fake corporate, corporate sponsors. sponsors. That's okay, it. that's I fair. I don't I don't need to do this. I don't have time to deal with this. I'm no, not like, on the sidelines. I'm in the press box.
2: You're on the sidelines during practice.
0: We didn't have practice. You were on the sidelines for a high school game? That doesn't count. Yes, it does. So I can do anything. Can I do when I was at the grocery store? Yeah. The guy who asked me if if I knew if these these grapes were organic when the sign said organic. (laughs) And I said, I don't know, man. Look at the sign. Does that count?
2: Does it relate to USCfootball.com?
0: He was wearing a USC hat.
2: Was he?
1: Was he? No. (laughs) Not a chance. (laughs)
2: I also had on, heard it on the sidelines. Uh, seeing Adori and Rasheem Green after the, the game, that was so um, nice. Keely and I got to chat with them for, for 10, 15 minutes, which is always good. But not only just them, but the fact that you had those guys, you had Juju, you had Jordan Simmons, you had a number of guys coming back to join in the kind of the festivities of this day. The fact that it was the first time that they were in, fans allowed. Well, now you, if you're a fan, you attended the game, you might get a juju signature as well for your USC shirt or whatnot. So it was fun to see those guys back in the Coliseum and the fact that USC continues to reach out to those recent grads and try to, try to have them uh, be a part of the, um, of the community that USC has.
1: My final hurt it was based on the fact that because it was a unique switcheroo of the rosters and whatnot.
0: What a hand movement going on here. Yeah,
1: movement. of course you have both sides of the ball know the playbook. So, <laughs> I think you know what I'm about to reference. So, I think it was like Team Cardinals offensive line, when they weren't playing, w- were yelling at Team Cardinals defense. It's a run! It's a run! <laughs> so, they were trying to help out their defense because Great. they knew uh, the calls. And I thought the little shenanigans, it happened like once. It was funny, and I thought I had to note it. So, that's what happens when you play yourself. I'm mm, not a fan. I think it's funny. You shenanigans.
2: Would. Um, I thought it was interesting what we heard from Jalen McKenzie this morning. So Jalen McKenzie was on the call with Brett Nealon and Clay McGuire. And the recognition, the offensive line knows they are the weak link and the offense will only go as far as they can go. You know, Jalen McKenzie said a couple of different things, but he also said, as our run game goes, we'll go from a potent offense to an unstoppable offense. So he knows the key is for the, for the offense to be able to run the ball but that it all comes back to the offensive line. So they have that knowledge. They know it's on them. I think that they that's even more pressure on them as well. But it's good to see that they know that you know, what needs to be done is on them to, to be able to take take this team to the next level.
0: Oh, I got one. I just thought of it. I just thought of it, guys. It just popped in. After reading my computer screen. No. Sort of. <laughs> yes. Okay. So... I noted this in my freshman tracker, but Lake McCree was absolutely a punching bag on Saturday. There was that... Uh, what, like, literally? Yeah. Lake McCree on that Stephen Carr run, or... Yeah, it was a run. He got absolutely lit up by pull him out just absolutely ear him. Heard the pop from up, up in the press box. And then he absolutely got, like, high-load by railing go Goforth. He went on his first catch... Manny Noah had him low, and then freaking uh, Raylan Goforth just leveled him up high. And credit to him, he popped up right away.
2: Look at you, actually having to heard it on the sideline, even if you are in the press box. Because guess what, you just said I heard it all the way from the field up in the press box. Wow, you can hear things. Is that what heard it
0: is? That's amazing. Did I just discover the true meaning of love? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was so, the journey all along, Chris.
0: <laughs> maybe heard it was the friends we made along. Made along the way.
2: Anyways, my final heard it was... Oh, my
0: goodness. (laughs)
2: ...was what he gleaned his from. No. Yes. That popped up organically. Yes. Was that Raylan Goforth was on Trojans Live this week, and he was asked about the differences in camp from the ones he had previously been a part of. And he said, from a physicality standpoint, it is definitely intensified this year. He said the non-stop tackling that they do this year is so much different than anything they've done in the past, which I thought was interesting, and also showed on Saturday, apparently, from what Chris saw and
0: heard on the sidelines.
1: Way to wrap it up. Shotgun looks very proud of himself right now. He's
0: got the biggest smile on his face.
1: (laughs) Well, I believe it's time for questions now. We We got some questions. We do. So Shotgun's tweet included... uh, Throwing some weird ones for Chris, so just prepare yourselves, people. That's Uh, normal. True. You can always
2: throw a weird one in there for Chris. That's what he always wants.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, Rahm says, who do you guys see as the most important assistant coach right now, and why?
2: Are we counting coordinators? Yeah, are we counting them? That makes it much tougher. If you're not counting coordinators, Dante Williams by far.
1: Well, I mean, you could say that Harold is a quarterback's coach and Orlando is a linebacker's coach.
2: All right. If we're going with... Semantics are important. If we're adding coordinators... I would say Todd Orlando because I think the culture creation oh, is, no, all starts with him that they've done on the defensive side of the ball, and I think it all starts with him and works his way down from there. And I think the other guys are all playing into that as well. But I think it starts with him, and I think that that is forcing the offense to do the same thing. So I think Todd Orlando is the most important right now.
1: And I believe either Brett Nealon or Jalen McKenzie said it this morning. Like They're setting the tone and on offense. We need to match that as well. So you can see the kind of the reverberations that it's having.
0: Reverberations. Another good word. Another SAT word. (laughs) You can use words that are
2: longer than five, five letters, Chris. It's allowed.
0: If we're not doing coordinators just to play devil's advocate, I would personally say Craig Nivar, the safeties coach, just because I think the defense is going to be the key to having a successful season. Like I think they're going to be the tone setters for this team, obviously, not the offense, which has some stuff to work out. But the safeties are an important part of this defense, and they just lost their best defender in Talano Hufunga. So I think Craig Nivar has the task of not only getting his returning veteran Isaiah Polamau to maybe take it to another level in his senior year with his defense, but also get some new guys to, to to step up. You know, you have an Xavier offer that you need. You have some freshman safety that you need that are probably going to play this year. You have Chase Williams, who you know we've been waiting on to take that next step. You need to get him to another level. You need to figure out that nickel position now that uh, Max Williams is down. You got to get Greg Johnson back. So I think Craig Nivar would be my pick.
1: Interesting. I'm surprised you guys didn't pick this, but I would say Clay McGuire. Based on what he could do. Yeah.
0: Right. Could do.
1: He could do. I mean, here's the thing, Naivar could have the talent level, the growth level, the safeties plateau, and their talent on their own, I think is it'll suffice. Whereas I think where I think what Clay McGuire could do, that is the real key of USC's twenty twenty one. You season. just
0: you just laid out exactly this discussion we had for what most important
1: What do you mean? The most the thirty most
2: important yeah. players.
1: Ew. <laughs>
0: You just laid out Jalen McKenzie's, argu- McKenzie's argument for putting him in the top five or whatever. Oh. That's what he did. That's what you did. What it could be. I don't I don't. Way to go, Keely. You finally her. did it. <laughs> you finally got it. You I finally got there. I
1: don't reference that series. I don't know her. Okay. Gustavo, who is a question-asker friend of the pod. Shout out. Shout out. Said, which do you think is more likely for game one of the season? Josh Jackson starting at cornerback or Jay Toya starting at defensive tackle?
0: Give me that Toya.
2: I think I agree with you but because of the depth issues there, but there's also depth issues at cornerback. And Josh Jackson has made some big strides this spring camp already. Can he do the same thing in the fall? Because if he can, I think he can get in that mix. And if there's an injury there, you know, you pull a hammy or something between Chris Steele and Isaac Taylor Stewart, I think that opens the door for him there as well. But I think Jay Toya is in a better position right now because of the injuries that have already occurred.
0: And because Ishmael Sopcher is a little bit of a question mark right now because mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen there. You know, you hope he's fully ready to go in the fall, but we still don't know. Toy's been playing really, really well the last couple of weeks. And just to throw out Devil's Advocate, you have a top 100 cornerback coming in and Sierra Wright. That what? Dante kind of hyped up a little bit and preseason. Like I fully expect him to be on the on the field. Um, and then it was something along the lines of if he doesn't, it's you know a failure on my part. Uh, to get him there because that's the type of talent that he has. So I expect Sierra to challenge immediately to be in that 2D.
2: I think Jay Toya has been making huge strides. The talk that Clay Helton has, the, what he's mentioned about him, talking about how he's gotten in so much better shape over the offseason workouts, and if he continues that, then he's going to have only better conditioning, better physique, as he goes in, and if he continues to get stronger, I mean, he's already super strong as it is, and can control the point of attack that you may put him in there just to begin with, because of how he can control the point of attack um, at, at the, you know, at the center in the center of that defensive line. So I think he's a guy that, with his strength, may be a guy you want to throw in there just to begin with, just to, to upset the the offensive line attack on the other side.
0: Sometimes we just see him trample O linemen like like he was an elephant or something. Does have a head of an elephant, according to Clay Helton.
2: He is. I've seen him a couple of times, just tossing people. Like I've seen second string offensive linemen. I've seen first string offensive linemen where he just takes them and throws them out of the way. He doesn't always. He's not always there to make the play, just because of that. But there are times when he just is tossing people, and that shows you just the raw strength that he has.
1: Can I also just know that I, there needs to be some credit given, just because he was kind of the ho hum part of the 2021 class because he was committed for such a long time that when guys commit so early they're kind of like yeah, yeah that guy's been there forever okay he's not the flashy guy but now here he is making moves in this spring camp i think it's worth noting that hey he wasn't just a, a a wash because he committed his sophomore year
2: yeah the the fact that the only time that that happens that people really are hyped up about a guy who's committed for like two years is if it's the quarterback that starts the class and really builds the class Or a guy like Damian Jackson, maybe if he builds the class around him. But Jay Toya being a, what, somewhere around between 100 and 150, I think, in, in our overall rankings. So somewhere in the middle of there, you know, not being that top 100 guy, top 50, top 25 guy. Everyone was just like, okay, that guy's going to be a part of it. But we would go watch him, like, man, this guy makes some plays on the defensive line, but also on the offensive line, just running over people for Grace Brethren and showing the athleticism there. She so said, this guy could, you know, has some potential there. Didn't know that he would be able to make plays right away like he's been doing so far. I thought he would take a little bit of time, need some time in the strength and conditioning program to, to be able to make an impact. But apparently, that eight weeks in the offseason has, has really,
0: you know, done its part. Defensive line is so hard to come in and contribute right away for freshmen just because of the jump from high school to going against grown men in college.
1: Shotgun's making is not sure Yeah, face. he's
0: I would disagree with that.
2: I would say interior defensive line, that is correct. But edge rushers, elite edge rushers, can come in immediately and make big time impact. The Bosa's, the the Drake Jackson, the Corey Foreman, those type guys can come in and immediately, you know, get to the quarterback and change things for you.
1: We got a question from Meg who says, over, under, eight win season.
2: Over. 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 Schedule's too easy.
1: Well done, guys. That was very quick. And then the final question is a weird one for Chris from Rob, who says, is it better to cut the grass parallel to the length of the field or perpendicular? And what is the impact on kickers when there are alternating shades of green every five yards? A for effort, Rob. Creative.
0: Look, this isn't exactly what I meant when I said I wanted <laughs> weird questions. I wanted stuff like, would you rather have Zebra stripes for the rest of your life or polka dots for the rest of your life. Not this.
1: Zebra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interesting. So I'm going to take parallel. I don't. I'm trying to visualize. And I. What's he's talking about when it's like crisscrossing, right?
1: Shotgun baseball Baseball cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball
0: what is that? It's cut. crisscross <laughs> cut. cut, cut. cut, cut, cut. <laughs> he is giving me daggers. Yep, I love it. So parallel, and no, I don't think it affects kickers. As a former kicker, but then again, I've never kicked on a nicely clean cut field. I'm kicking in dirt patches like pig pen and uh, rug rats. Not rug rats. Peanuts. With all the dust coming up. So I wouldn't know. I don't think it affects them that much. They've been kicking their whole lives on every sort of different type of grass.
2: Are you grass. ever looking at the grass as a kicker?
0: No. Looking at that ball, baby.
2: Zeroing in. Eyes on the ball.
1: And that concludes our question segment, which means it is now time to pass the torch to Chris Trevino for Take It or Leave It, Take It Away.
0: Guys, as you're probably aware, I like colorful masks. I like masks that show off, you know, my personality. You guys aren't flashy like me. You guys have the pretty standard medical mask with a plain mask, and that's okay. That's very muted, and that's fine. And if you are one of those people like Keely and Shotgun, this isn't for you, and that's Okay. Because our sponsor, VistaPrint, is offering SE fans custom masks, custom custom made USC masks for the rest of the month. Get your mask with your favorite clay Heltonism. Big horsey. Or Bubba right in the front. The light comes on. Get all your favorite clayisms. Or show your family feud fandom with a mask that says stock neutral. Keely, hey. how would you like that? How would you like that, Keely? That sound good? Yeah. Or what about you shotgun? Would you like a little short and stocky gang? <laughs> mask walking around. Maybe a little turnover traveler with a little horse on it. Yeah. All the classics. Take care of those around you by masking up and leave boring masks behind. Vistaprint. Stop asking if we will print dirty images. And thank you to our fake real corporate sponsor, (laughs) Vistaprint. Get those at their website, code named USC mask, y'all. The y'all is part of it. It's very confusing.
1: Is there a... Fostering? Nope. Okay. Good to know.
0: Thank you for checking because most people forget about that. Okay, let's get into these. Jackson Dart's 30-yard dart to Drake London was a better play than Mike Jackson's one-handed touchdown. Leave it. Leave it. Okay.
1: Also leaving Mike Jackson's. Mike Jack.
2: <laughs> what about Michael Jackson? Is that better?
1: That's good.
0: But you don't want it. I don't
1: want the medium. I don't want the halfway. <laughs> Either commit or don't commit.
0: USC should be blowing up Matt Fink's phone, text, and email. Take it. Can never have enough quarterback depth. Take it. Moving on. Famed NFL front office veteran Gil Brandt uh, recently tabbed Drake Jackson as a top five prospect for the 2022 NFL draft. So those he was one of his five. I believe he was number four. Drake Jackson as a top-five prospect for 2022 is a little generous right now.
2: I'm going to take it.
1: Take it.
0: To be fair, I just want to say I think he's a first-rounder. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying top-five seems a little generous, so I'm asking.
2: Still got something to prove. Um, obviously, he hasn't put up the numbers that some of the other people that you would expect to be on that list have. Like He's in front of, I believe, or right behind, Derek Stingley, yeah, who obviously has put up really big numbers with the interceptions and stuff. The guy that's at the top of the list. Kayvon. Kayvon Thibodeau, former local recruit that USC did not really go hard on in the recruiting cycle, and he ended up at Oregon. So that would be interesting if those two guys were bookends right now.
0: With Corey coming in? Woo! And then you had JT2Molo
2: potentially do that? Woo!
0: I believe it was Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, the Notre Dame safety, Derek Stingley, the LSU cornerback, Drake, Jackson, and then... Sam Howell, the UNC QB, as the five. Keely, where you at with this?
1: I said leave it like three times. Oh,
2: okay. Also, Kyle Hamilton is a freak. I love that kid from watching him. Uh, the first time USC played him, played him at Notre Dame. So USC will see
0: at least two of those guys. At least two. USC basketball is a preseason top 15 if and only if Isaiah Mobley returns. Keely, go first. Oh,
1: I want to leave it because I think that they could have some more portal success.
2: I think I would leave it because of that, too. But uh, they need to get Isaiah Molo back to beat at their
0: their best. Top 25 without him preseason. It's going to be hard to do that,
2: but it would depend on the portal because then they'd open up another scholarship and they would definitely be going into the portal to find somebody. They have two open scholarships right now, if I remember correctly.
0: As you've probably seen in the soccer world. The Euro Super League, all that stuff going down. There's been a lot of like, what would be the college football equivalent to this? So I ask, USC would be a lock to get an invite to the college football Super League. 12 teams. They would be one of 12 teams invited, a lock to get one of those coveted 12
1: invites. Take it. Brand power. West Coast. Take it.
2: Take it. 12 teams makes it that much more difficult. Though. I thought we were going to be on like 24 <laughs> no, or something. No, well baby. Uh but I would take it. But if there's relegation, USC is probably the team in in the most danger.
1: That's spicy without knowing any of the hypothetical relegation. Others. 11.
0: They'll be in danger. They've been in one of the top 2 or 3 for sure. That wraps up the corporate ones. Thank you to VistaPrint. Get go get one of those those masks. Go get a little Someone
1: uh, out there is going to be crazy and actually get a family-sized mask yeah, and tweet it at us.
0: I love it. Turnover Traveler. Couple of fun ones. Uh, you should
1: just get corporate sponsor on their mask. That'd be <laughs> great.
0: Fake corporate sponsor. Yeah. Apple announced their new rainbow Mac product lines. So you can get a purple iPhone. You get a pink iPhone. All <laughs> their monitors are going to be like the new line. So are we taking rainbow colored Mac products?
1: Hot take. I think Apple's gone downhill and I was an Apple stand for a while. So to so leave i haven't seen what you're referencing so ooh, i'm leaving it Mm-mm. that was a, their whole brand is like sleek and like clean this is not metallic that. yeah he's laughing at me
2: she's very very adamant about this i am um i don't really care
1: <laughs> this is us in a nutshell
2: um doesn't really matter the reason why they're doing this is because they're They've gone downhill. They've lost a little bit of, of uh, their foothold on you know, the electronics world. So they've opened things up a little bit more. So now you can sell a different color device or whatever it may be.
0: Moving on. The LA Rams converting a Malibu beach house into their war room for the draft.
1: First of all, triggered by the phrase war room. Second of all... I don't know what you're referencing.
0: Their draft
2: room, the where they're gonna make all they their rent draft it out. Picks from. I
0: know what a draft room is. It's just... in the the sentence. Rent out Malibu beach house, make like it a war room. The Malibu
1: beach house oh. and whether or not I would like to take take this it. Take is is it. Dope.
0: every Malibu beach house? Okay, is that's dope. Fair. Same. That is very fair. They're it's dope. dope. It's got a pool. Take it's got it. views. Take it's it. got on the sand. It. It's on the beach.
1: Take it. The only thing that tops that is the dog sitting in Bill Belichick's chair last year.
0: No, it doesn't. What about Cliff's Kingsbury's pad? Uh, no, that was too, like, futuristic. See, it's That's basically w- that on the beach. Yeah. NFTs. Leave it.
1: Okay, here's the thing. If you asked me two weeks ago, I think I would have been to leave it. But here's the thing. How do you think people thought about sports cards when they first came out? It's a piece of paper with a picture on it. How valuable is that? Is about <laughs> to just oh, just we're
0: about me. to just lose <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: to destroy me i could see it in his face so i'm trying to be open to new things also because i'm scared because i'm 26 now and i don't want to feel old so i'm trying to be like with the youth
2: <laughs> sports cards were not intended to be memorabilia oh that's a good point this is
1: where he owns me with his see
2: th- this is the thing that i have this is why i have an issue with nfts is anytime you create something to be special or be memorabilia that's when you lose all authenticity to it to me
1: but here's the thing it has a dumb element and dumb elements (laughs) always are popular
2: the reason why old baseball cards are so expensive now is partly because they were used in bike spokes to to be able to make the fluttering sound you know and so many of them got trashed and whatnot so they were throw-ins into tobacco packages and bubble gum packages and whatnot so uh, that's why they're valuable now because they became rare nowadays In the collectible market, things are created rare so that they will be rare rather than them becoming rare because of some event or whatnot.
0: Leave it. Take it. All right.
1: Today's history lesson brought to you by (laughs) Shotguns Rattling.
0: Have some experience in the collectible Look, Looking at history. Last one. Washington Post is hiring a video game reporter. Oh, take it. Take it.
1: Are you like, what? Are you poo-pooing video game?
0: No, I'm just like, are you on to this?
1: Esports is a thing.
0: I know it's a thing. I'm saying where you stand. At one point, the LA
2: Times was going to hire an esports reporter just to cover esports. I don't know if that ever happened. There was a thought.
0: I have this question all the time. If superheroes were real, would there be a superhero beat reporter?
1: Oh, I want that job.
0: <laughs> Take it. Okay. Take
1: it. So
2: it would be a dangerous job, I'm it's sure. It's
1: newsworthy. So of course there'd be a beat. There'd be There's regulations. A beat for everything. There's There'd be a beat for everything. oh yeah,
2: regulations would be terrible.
1: What do you mean?
0: What but you can uh, <laughs> like the accords.
1: Imagine the sports or imagine the superhero SIDs. Oh,
0: Gosh. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Come on, Just give me five minutes with Amen. Just five minutes. <laughs> he left the building.
2: There just would light. be there would be SHIDs, superhero information directors. So it'd be shids.
0: These shits won't give me no time with a <laughs> couple of shits. Superman. And that's, a, that's about it.
1: Well, thank you, Chris, for that spirited take it or leave it section. Yeah. Very great. Great job. Thank you. That's going to wrap it up for our special edition of the Family Feud Podcast. I guess spring game edition. We'll be back at some point. We got word during this podcast that, that USC will hold a practice on Wednesday, and then we'll have our normal schedule going from there. So stay tuned for that.
2: One final thing, we did want to send our condolences out to the Brown family. Yeah, Chris Brown uh, passed away over the weekend, it sounded like. Um, haven't heard many details, but just to see the outpouring of former Trojans and current Trojans, just talking about what he meant to everyone on and off the field, but particularly off the field, talking about how he was the life of the party, how he was always a guy that can make you smile. Um, you know, he, he was a guy that was always great with us, talking to the media. So, very unfortunate news to hear, and you know, we're uh, sending our thoughts and our prayers to, to the Brown family as they go through this situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Gone way too soon and definitely was a great person to talk to when we had the chance. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Family Feud podcast. That's Shotgun. That's Chris. I'm Keely. We'll see y'all next time.
0: Okay. Picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or.